Let's go over the Superman punch. Phenomenal forearm. Roman Reigns ducks underneath. Spare. Spare by Reigns. Reigns launched himself Cover. in the styles. Roman Reigns retains the WWE World What a hell of a championship. Here is your winner. disqualification in the end. What a phenomenal effort by AJ Styles. Hey, two things we learned. AJ Styles is the phenomenal one, but Roman Reigns is the guy. Roman Reigns, the champion, flies through the air, putting it all on the line. AJ Styles with a phenomenal forearm. About digging deep into the playbook. That's what we saw from both AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. Styles hanging up Reigns after the missed Superman punch, and he goes for the phenomenal forearm for the win. And Roman Reigns able to deliver the spear. One last burst of explosive speed and power ensures that Roman Reigns is still champion. In a match like this that is so evenly fought, it's just whoever lands that final blow. Wrestling fans, at this time, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce what you have been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is the Dirty Dog Darcy. So you can shut up and realize I am not the flavor of the month. I am not the next big thing in the WWE. I'm the only thing. I'm the only thing that matters because I am the best in the world at what I do. I'll say it again. I'm the best in the world at what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? And you're listening to The Dog House with me, the Dirty Dog Darcy, over at MainEventStatus.com. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past? When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. What? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. And on this podcast, I talk about anything that's on my mind. Movies, wrestling, music, pop culture, politics, whatever. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Did you see it? What is it? We got it! What is it? Will there be any more of them? I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Now let's get into the podcast. Keep firing, assholes! Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Enough, I get the point. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better.
hours away from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, outside of Chicago, Illinois, in mere days removed from the pay-per-view live from the WWE Network. This is the Doghouse Podcast. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is the Doghouse Podcast number three covering WWE Payback 2016 that happened on May 1st, 2016, again from the Old State Arena in Roseland, Illinois, the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, sponsored by Tap Out and J.C. Petty. I'm surprised J.C. Petty is still around in 2016, but that's a different podcast. Maybe, maybe not on the doghouse. Probably not, but who's to say, daddy-o's and daddy-ets? WWE Payback 2016 happened as of me recording this six days prior a lot of things happened between WWE Payback and this week. Enzo Amore had a real bad incident live during the pay-per-view. Thankfully, he's doing a lot better now. Been released from the hospital. I'll be going to that more in the body of the podcast. We saw a Chicago screw job uh, callback from like about 18 years prior with Uncle Bret Hart. During the women's title match, that'll be discussed in the body of the podcast. McMahon's being the new authority figures again in the WWE, that'll be discussed in the body of the podcast. Concussions, the Cena stink, uh, equal pay, a bunch of stuff be discussed, give or take for what, 45 minutes in the middle of the body of the podcast. I enjoyed with a good buddy for the podcast, Jesse Addison, my McMuddy brother from high school. Jesse, you'll be joining me here after this first clip to talk to me about WWE Payback, our thoughts, our opinions, and all that on Payback, about Enzo Rory, Roman Reigns, Charlotte, Charles Robinson, the Tag Team Titles, everything is on limits, everything's recorded, everything was fun. Oh, Chicago! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day, yes it is! opportunity to become number one contenders for our WWE World Tag 
and we want a ringside view. So we're going to sit back and watch, sipping on some lemonade, something like Becky with the good hair. <laughs> and, and speaking of, Beyonce, if you need to get one back on your man in order to make your relationship equal and loving again, talk to your boy Xavier Woods. I am on Twitter, at Xavier Woods PhD, and my DMs are open, baby! It goes down in the DMs. <laughs> Times are a-changing. It's a new era in WWE. Why? 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 Because new. So payback happened last week, and as of us recording this, and this is the Doghouse, and joining me as my first guest here on the Doghouse, I guess was a guest on the other podcast I used to do on MidEventStatus.com, has to be my brother and him and I go way back. You guys can listen to that podcast over, like I said, at MidEventStatus.com. Jesse McMuddy, what's happening? Hey everybody, how you doing, Eric? I'm doing wonderful. So it was just out of the blue. I thought, what the hell? I kind of want to do a podcast on payback that happened last weekend, and I was thinking, who can I reach out to? Who can I have a dirty, fun conversation here in the doghouse with? And you're the only person I thought of who I feel like we could have a dirty, entertaining conversation here in the doghouse. <laughs> And, you know, I got to agree with you. You and I usually, uh, <laughs> yeah, we have some good conversations. I'll, I'll say that much. So, like we were talking off air and all that, we aren't going to really go match by match. If we hit on everything, we hit on everything. But there are a couple main issues. Uh, I thought I'd come out of WWE payback from last weekend that we, I want to do a podcast on. The biggest thing is, or for me the biggest thing is Enzo Amore and his concussion that happened last weekend. First and foremost, I'm happy he's doing better than what was expected, what what happened live on the pay-per-view in Chicago, Illinois. Jesse, what was your thoughts on when Enzo got knocked out live on pay-per-view? Well, when I was watching it live, um, it didn't look right when he hit when he hit the rope the way he did. And originally when I saw it, I thought he hit like his neck or like his, you know, um around his neck area there and but you know and then he i guess the way it looked is it hit the side of his head and he fell over and hit the the mat um basically on the ring apron which i've heard is a pretty well, harder area of the mat um, oh, yeah, just because of the corner of the ring and all that yeah yeah um, but anyways, yeah, and then the way he just fell onto the ground once he actually rolled out of the ring, it was very, like, I don't know, it was kind of disturbing, really, just the way he was, you know, you could tell something just was not right. Well, it just, like said, with his facial expression, when he, once he got out, knocked out of the ring, he had, like, the blank look on his face, and I was, you know, hanging out with some co-workers while watching the pay-per-view, and one of my co-workers is a, yeah, independent referee here in Minnesota, former guest James Benson over at Mid Event Status Radio, and 
I looked at him once it happened, and I, you know, just to get his reaction, he, he said right away, uh, something bad happened. Don't know what. Well, obviously, it's kind of right. easy given that something bad happened, but I am happy. I bring it up because I'm happy that WWE ended the match right then and there, and I'm happy that they're make, treating concussions more of a serious issue since you know Daniel Bryan retired a few months back because of all the concussions he's had, and I feel like our fandom had a big impact back in 2007 when Chris Benoit did what he did back in, yeah, but July, June, July 2007. Mm. And I just want to get your thoughts on where professional wrestling and WWE has gone since the whole Benoit tragedy back in 07. Well, you know, they, they've really done a lot as far as what I've read, you know, you know, internet research, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, they got a good wellness program I've heard and read about. And um, I really feel like they've gone above and beyond, well, you know, just trying to crack down on and on concussions and, and being more safe about it, taking it more serious. You know, be, before the whole Benoit thing, I mean, football's been doing the same thing too. So, uh, you know, they've been trying to um, – fix that game a little bit more so it's a little safer for that as well so um well i'm, I'm it's happy nice to... i'm happy you, i had to interrupt i'm happy you brought up football because i know nothing about sports and wrestling isn't a sport <laughs> so i know nothing about re- sports uh what can you talk more about how football is trying to uh, make it more safer for the football players too about that yeah i remember hearing a while back about um they uh, moved the, um, you know, where the kickoff line would be. They moved it up like 10 yards. There's a lot more touchbacks because, you know, when um, on a kickoff play, it's, they consider that to be one of the more, I guess, dangerous plays because of the fact that, you know, you got two, you know, you got a bunch of guys running head on as fast as they can at each other and colliding, you know. So, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so they've been trying to crack down on, you know, trying to protect, um, you know, uh, players from concussions and such, head injuries. Okay, because I, I, I am happy. I, I was more than glad when they ended the match when they did, when Enzo fell out of the ring and the referee couldn't get much of a response out of him. And... You know, some of the replays afterwards when the announcers were kind of talking about that, I, as me, I felt uncomfortable kind of having them talk about it. But I, I guess I stuff like that I'm just not a big fan of seeing and watching replay happen over and over again. Right, right. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, you know, like I said, it was kind of disturbing because we didn't know what happened, you know, because he, he, he wasn't moving at all. Yeah. You could tell he was knocked out by the look on his face, you know, his glossy eyes and everything else. And, uh, you know, you could tell he was just not there and the fact he wasn't moving and it's like, well, this could have been really bad. You know, he could have broke his neck from, you know, from the whiplash or any of that. So, well, because at it, first, yeah, at first I thought he. May have broken his neck. That's why I felt uncomfortable. Them kept on replaying what happened at the annual slow motion, and 
you know, f- regular speed and all that. Mm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, you know, like I said, a little, a little disturbing. It's, it's, it's kind of emotional because, you know, you get into these characters and you follow them, you start to like them and you see something, something like that, some, you know, to someone you can relate to or, or someone that, you know, you see every week and you're like, oh man, you know, that's, you know, it's it's it can be kind of tough. Yeah, well, you kind of tie that back in with like Daniel O'Brien that I mentioned earlier. What I heard was back in February, March ish, when he retired, I was sad, sad in that. Even well, I, I didn't watch his retirement speech live because I was at work, but I watched his speech later on that week, and it it brought back the same kind of emotions that I had when Shawn Michaels retired back in 2010. I think we were trying to figure out after WrestleMania 26 that. You know, Michaels was, well, you know this probably better than anybody, that Michaels was the guy that kept me in pro, into pro wrestling in the mid to late 90s. And yeah. when he came back in 2002, you firsthand knew how much I loved seeing Shawn Michaels back when we were at your aunt's house for SummerSlam 2002, how I was, you know, sitting along with the words to Shawn Michaels' theme song. I remember you turning to your aunt and said, uh, don't mind him, he's just a big Shawn Michaels fan. But I guess it just, you know, it makes me sad to see wrestlers have to retire early because of concussions, because of what they they give us their body night in and night out, week in and week out for our entertainment. And I guess I'm just happy that WWE is taking more of a serious stand on when something like this happens, happens like Enzo last weekend at Payback that, WWE is willing to end the match, and especially fans, especially like the Chicago fans, they didn't crap all over it like they probably would have five, ten years ago. And just like Deborah said, my friend, money makes the monkey dance. The second biggest thing that came out of payback, I felt like, was a storyline that we've been dealing with for, what, almost 20 years now? The McMahons. Controlling, the McMahons are the authority figure again. The WWE that Vince decided at Payback that Shane and Stephanie would be, I guess, co-running Raw or the co-authority figures for Raw. And I just want to get your get your thoughts, initial thoughts on that about Shane and well, you know, the whole Undertaker ending uh, with Shane. At WrestleMania, you know, I understand that Roman speared stuff, which led to Shane being able to run it for a month. But I, I really feel like they should have stuck to the actual, you know, story of, yeah. of you know, the, the actual ending. Like, there was no, after, when, when all was said and done, there was no point for them to even have the match, even though it was the best match of the night, in my opinion. But, um, you know, so I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy on it, but I do think you know the long picture, you know the whole over the whole thing. Um, I, I really do feel like it's going to be really entertaining, really fun. The new stuff that they're trying to put out now, bringing in all these new faces and and trying to you know some of the wrestling, the style is even changing slightly. The WWE style, if you will, um, with you know, the athleticism from some of their competitors nowadays. I mean, you know, you, you see 
Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens and just the things that they've been doing lately and some of the other new guys, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's much more, I mean, wrestling's always been an, an athletic thing, but it's even more so now, like, you know, the way the Divas division is, you know, that's a night and day difference there. Um, you don't see it quite as drastically with the men's, but, you know, it's, it, I think that's what they're, the new era is trying to move towards. And that's more of a, of a solid athletic, um, almost, almost realer feel to yeah. their, to the craft. I know you mentioned it, but I know I rewatched some different clips of payback before you and I got on Skype and the opening clip of the new day coming out to start, to start out the pay-per-view. Can't remember which guy out of the new day that said, we are in uh, the new era of the WWE. And it seems like WWE is trying to beat that in, I guess, in ways that we're in a, the new era. But I know you and I were texting each other since WrestleMania and how WWE is trying to incorporate more indie talent, more guys like Samoa Joe or Eric Young or Austin Aries, former TNA stars who, AJ Styles, former TNA stars who made it big, who now are finally getting a chance with WWE. I am happy to see newer guys given a chance. You you mentioned Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. I'm happy WWE's changing their viewpoint on independent stars and willing to give these guys uh the limelight, even if it's for a few months to a few years or however long, I'm happy. Like you said, WWE is trying to change their style to, I guess, to please us more hardcore fans. Right, exactly. And, you know, on top of that, you see the people like Cesaro, who's a relatively big guy, but not the biggest, you know. And you see people like, uh, you know, Sami Zayn again, for example, um, even Kalisto, you see some of these smaller guys, and they're proving now that, you know, Vince likes his big guys. Everyone knows that. But now, you know, it's nice to see that they don't have to always go by that method like they used to, you know. It's, I mean, of course, everyone's going to, you know, love a lot of the big uh, classics, you know, the Undertakers and the Canes and the big shows and so on. But, yeah, it's nice to see that it's getting more diverse even, you know. You know, yeah, we, I mentioned you know, Daniel Bryan earlier. You know, they were in Chicago. They were a chance for CM Punk to the pay-per-view. It was not, it's nice to finally see, you know, WWE taking a chance with the Daniel Bryans, the CM Punks, even bring it back further, the Shawn Michaelses, the Bret Harts. It's nice to see Vince, over the years, finally break that, that McMahon mold of you know, the Hulk Hogan's, like you said, the big shows, the Undertaker's, to finally give some of the smaller guys a, a chance. And if you would have told me five years ago that AJ Styles was going to headline a couple pay-per-views and be challenging for the WWE title and the fans actually believing some near falls that AJ was going to win the title, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, and and to, to go back to the payback ending, it, it was... It was dramatic. It was a little gimmicky for me because they've done, you know, that that three whole three falls thing, you know, it beats them twice and still loses. But uh, um, I think we've seen it before. It's been a while. But, um, yeah, anyways, um, 
it, it was it was nice to see what AJ did with Roman at payback. It was a decent match um, for from both guys, and I actually think it was a better match than WrestleMania 32's main event with Triple H. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of crapped on that on that main event, but uh, I mean, it was, and that was decent too. Don't get me wrong, but it was. Uh, I felt like the WrestleMania main event between Roman and Triple H. And we haven't really talked much about this. I'd like to get your thoughts. I felt like, at least for me, I was burnt out from, you know, six hours of wrestling up to I think when the main event started, and and WrestleMania, I don't feel like would really give us that much of quality wrestling. They feel like they wanted to hip and throw it as much as they can. Here you go, seven hours of wrestling, enjoy. And it was, I don't feel like it was the best that WWE had to offer for the past year. Yeah, and I can completely agree with that because, I mean, I, I love seven hours of wrestling as much as the next guy, but that did seem to be a very long show. Uh, it, it, I was ready for bed by the time, you know, the main event was coming on after watching it from 4 or 5 p.m. all the way till like, 11 or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a long it's a long show, but uh, it which. In years past, it's, it's funny because I've never felt that exhausted after <laughs> pay-per-view of even some of the uh, other WrestleManias um, recently. So, Yeah, and I know we kind of talked, talked about it, but what do you feel like was the main differences between AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns that we got compared to Triple H and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? The main differences? Yeah. Uh, well, I... <sighs> It kind of, well, I don't know. I just think AJ's because he is a little younger. Not actually, I don't think he's a whole lot younger if I remember right. Um, but uh, he is a little younger. He's smaller. There's a lot more speed involved. Where Triple H is going to be more of the, uh, you know, control the pace kind of kind of guy. Where Roman and AJ can have a a, a more technical faster pace match, you know, something that you might be able to see similar out of what Benoit and Eddie might have done in the 90s together, um, you know, or, you know you know what I mean, um, compared to what Triple H, Triple H is more of a slower, you know what I mean? Yeah, the control pace. Whatever, yeah. It, but, but, but not only that, not only was it the change of pace, but I also believe it had to do with, you know, the ending a little bit. There wasn't any real big shock fa- uh, factor at WrestleMania 32. I think everyone knew it was Roman's, you know, Roman was destined to win the title. There wasn't anything that really said, oh, wow, you know, by the time it was actually done, besides, you know, Stephanie getting speared, which, you know, I guess that was sweet, but who, not who, that who, big of a deal. Who doesn't want to sp- uh, spear Stephanie? Well, <laughs> right, so... Um, <laughs> You know, but but then the other thing is with the payback uh, finish. You know, you know AJ won, and then he won again. And you're like, by the time you know, oh, oh, long time wrestling fans, by the time they see that happen, they kind of know that you know Reigns is gonna is gonna you know retain the title because we're just so used to <laughs> we're just so know, used to that yeah. prediction. Um, but uh, but for a while there, it, it made you say, well. Now that it's, you know, no DQ, no whatever, um, here comes, you know, 
AJ's buddies, and you never know. And for a second there, there I, it actually got me. I was sitting there thinking, you know, I kind of marked out for a minute. I, well, <laughs> I was like, you never know. This might actually happen. I was getting excited. Like, I expected Roman Reigns to walk out of payback as champion. I did not expect to see AJ Styles beat Roman Reigns not once, or not even twice, but not once. That when he won the first time by count out, like, Okay, granted, I wanted to see AJ win, walk out with the t- with the title, but we get an automatic rematch at the next pay per view. Then Shane right. came out and restarted the match. Then AJ won again by disqualification. The Stephanie came out like, okay, we're gonna get Roman Reigns is for sure gonna win now. Like you said, WWE logic will teach me that hell Roman Reigns is gonna walk out as champ. But I am excited to see at Extreme Rules here in a few weeks. On their rematch, just to see what what we get. I hope their rematch can live, can outshine their payback match. Oh yeah, and you know, I I, I feel like they're going to definitely put on a heck of a show um, for that match too. I mean, that's just the thing. Anytime you know you get someone like AJ Styles and even Roman Reigns, as much as the fans love to boo him, he's kind of like. You know the next John Cena, in my opinion, in, in that aspect. But, but uh, you know, they still go out there, um, at least on pay per views, and they really try to come up with some unique and cool, you know, things and some new high spots that you know we haven't seen before. You know, these indie guys have a lot of good ideas, and they're finally bringing them out and, and letting letting us see it on the WWE level. Well, yeah, because I know I've never been a fan of John Cena and. Ever since the shield broke up back, you know, about two years ago, I knew I've heard that Roman Reigns has become the next guy, the next John Cena, and I wasn't offended of that because I felt like Roman Reigns is the traditional Hulk Hogan in Vince's eyes, or the John Cena in Vince's eyes, and I'm like, okay, I want to give Roman Reigns a chance because I don't want to shatter on the next guy, you know, for the next 10 years or whatever, I want to give Roman Reigns a fighting chance, and he has pulled out some awesome pay-per-view matches, like you said, I remember, I think like a last man steady match he had with the Big Show, I think about a year or so ago, it was pretty good, he had a fast lane match with Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania last year that I thought was pretty great, and like we've been saying, his match with AJ Styles was a lot better than we both expected so. Reigns, like you said, depending on with the opponent, did pull out a great match, and I think those guys, those AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan's, and whoever else could help Reigns a more or develop his craft enough that he can pull up more five star matches and start winning us hardcore fans over us more stubborn fans over to his side. Yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, and see, that's just it, though. Like, like I said, he's kind of, in my opinion, he's kind of like the next John Cena. Everyone loves to hate him. It's like, even though he can produce, just like Cena can, even though they can produce five star matches, are we ever really going to truly accept him? You know what I mean? <laughs> sadly, sadly enough, I don't think so. And we've seen that with John Cena the last ten years. That no matter how great matches Cena can put on people still crap on him and all over his, whatever he does and I guess to that, to that point what can Reigns do to 
not to have the Cena stink on him like Cena has. To be honest, I think, in my honest opinion, I think the way to do this right is to, you know, right now, all the women and children love Reigns, just like all the women and children love Cena. I think what he needs to do before it gets he gets to the actual Cena level is to do that face to or to, to to do the heel turn and get all of us attitude loving you know twenty thirty year old wrestling fans uh, back on his side by you know what I mean because um, we all love the heels I mean yeah the, the whole reason you know they're the most entertaining part of the whole show uh, in my opinion anyways. Um, you know, so that's why people like us like to boo people like Roman Reigns and Cena because they're so face, you know. But if if I really think that a lot of us would jump on a on a Reigns bandwagon, if you will, if he would actually do a, a heel turn, um, you know, I really actually thought we might have seen it with Ambrose and Reigns a couple months back, um, but you know, it didn't happen. But I really honestly think that that's what he needs to do, and then then maybe later on he can try being face again. But uh, well, I, I think t- if he wants, no, I totally. I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say if I, I really think if he wants to, uh, you know, make it with the rest of us wrestling fans, besides just women and children and whoever, um, that that's honestly the way I think it needs to be done. I guess what I was trying to interrupt you, you know, unprofessionally was I wanted to add and say. Uh, if we us hardcore fans want to get our guess her to get our anger out on Reigns and have him be like you said the heel, you know, have him you know flip the switch and piss us off, and us you know pour out all our hate on him, and him finally go back to the good guy, then we probably would jump on his bandwagon like Vince wants us to do. That we never had, like right. I said we never had a real chance with Cena, even though Cena was a bad guy. What oh two oh three or whatever, but that was before he was shoved on our throats as the top guy, the main guy, and yeah, I guess you know we talked about it before, but I would love to see Reigns pull that Hogan Bash of the Beach turn, and I know it's kind of on the spot, but can you think of any possibilities, any scenarios where WWE could turn Reigns heel like? Hogan did at Bash of the Beach in '96, where we we would finally accept him as a bad guy. Um, I, I don't. I guess I haven't really thought that far into it. Like I said, I, I really thought that they had a good opportunity to do it a while back when um, with Ambrose. Yeah, you know, Ambrose was at the title mix, but uh, you know, I, I honestly thought they were going to have one of those two turn on each other, but um, and one wouldn't turn, but they didn't. Anyways, um, I, I don't know. You know what what they could do now, but I mean that's what the creative team gets paid for, right? True, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I guess to kind of tie it back in with the McMahon stuff, I don't think we really touched much about it, but I'm happy that they're at least trying to somewhat changing the authority figure since we've. Since what? Well, we mentioned it as off air. The since Survivor Series nineteen ninety seven, we've mainly had a heel authority figure. I'm happy that they're trying to just change up a little bit, having a heel authority figure and a face authority figure, 
at least for the next few months, just to see how things go and how storylines are. And we mentioned about the new era with the new talent. I'm interested in ways to see how they tie in the Stephanie old era authority, tie that in with the new talent that's been coming in since WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, I could honestly see how they could do shades of like you know how they did the invasion, but possibly yeah. do with like NXT um, or something similar like that. Uh, I guess they technically did that the first time they kind of introduced NXT. What in like oh eight or oh nine? Yeah, but anyways, was, yeah. yeah, there was that. But um, but besides that, I, I could see them doing more of a maybe like an invasion angle where. Because, you know, to be honest, a lot of those NXT guys, if you look at their roster, I mean, there's a good, there's a few names on there. They're actually from uh, TNA, so it's almost like... Um, a TNA invasion. Like, yeah, right. It, yeah, a TNA invasion, but it's almost like TNA, uh, NXT is what TNA should have been, or... Could have um, been. Yeah, could have been if they had maybe possibly some decent writing. But, or money, you know, creative team. Yeah, exactly. But uh, in my opinion, they <laughs> it wasn't up to my standards. I didn't really care much for the TNA show, but it, the, the, you know, creatively, anyways, I enjoy the talent. I just felt it just wasn't there for me. Well, especially guys like Samoa Joe and Finn Balor who are on NXT roster, they are good enough to come up to the main roster and. Like you said, I would love to see a Shane-led invasion of the new guys, you know, NXT guys or whoever else, Anderson Gallows, have, you know, Shane kind of lead an invasion and kind of, I guess, like, help bring in the, uh, Don, bring in the new era, Don in the new era, whatever. So I guess that would be interesting to see how, how things go. I am happy that Shane is back since he seems like he's one of the top baby phases on the show. He gets one of the be- better pops. And since I know you watch at least the Hulu version of Raw more often, it, how how have Shane's pops been since WrestleMania on Raw? Oh, I mean, he's, he's still gaining a lot more popularity every single week because, you know, Raw actually has been a decent show lately. Um, you know, a lot of the wrestling is, you know, the thing is, is that's why I, I love pay-per-views so much is, you know, Raw's and SmackDown's, they have decent matches, but they're, they're limited. And, you know, because of the commercials and time restraints and whatever, but, um, and, and they don't give away too much on regular TV, just enough for you to get to, you know, hooked onto the pay-per-view, you know what I mean? So, oh. um, so, but um, the the I feel like the uh, the matches themselves have have become better on Raw lately, uh, and like I said, he's given more opportunities to more up and comers, and it's nice to see fresh you know talent and and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, as far as Shane's pop and and everything, he's he's still you know everyone still loves Shane. He's you know he is the 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 bright light in the whole McMahon family right now as far as the general you know audience yeah, I am definitely I am definitely interested to see where things go I hope it's for the better I hope creative can come up with something creative storyline wise 
to go into SummerSlam or wherever else when if they're going to have a blow-off match, let's say with Triple H and Shane or whoever else, I'm interested to see how the how this storyline gains steam. Well, let me just remind you that he is a McMahon after all. <laughs> that is true, I mean, yes. Because, <laughs> you know, who's to say him and this isn't some plan him and Vince schemed years ago, you know? Yeah. But um, you never know how they can how they'll do that one, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I could totally see some, you know, uh, an NXT versus, uh, older WWE roster, you know, the, the old era, if you will, compared to the new era, kind of, you know, almost like a survivor series maybe, or maybe they'll, you know, some kind of form of tournament or I don't know, but, uh, I could see that happening. But at the end, I, I, you know, like I said, change McMahon, no matter how it goes and how they build it up, I just have a feeling he's going to pull the ultimate heel move, or, you know. <laughs> That's well, just the way that the McMahons do it. Talk about McMahons pulling out the ultimate heel turn, the ultimate heel card, tied in with comments we made already about the women's division and the Montreal screw job. We saw, I guess, a Chicago screw job last week, that payback with... Charlotte defeated Natalia by uh, the fake sharpshooter submission. You weren't too thrilled about that when we were talking about that off-air. Jesse, explain to me why you hated the finish between Charlotte and Natalia for the women's title. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is every time that Bret Hart tends to make an on-air appearance, they have to bring up the whole... Montreal screw job and and you know I kind of feel like they've just they, they they need to give it a rest. I mean it's been twenty years now, just about, and <laughs> you know every time, like I said, every time Bret Hart's on TV, it's constantly in his face. And I, I, obviously he must be cool that or else he wouldn't keep making appearances. But it's it's I think it's time to to end it now. There's generation, you know, probably half the audience now, you know, don't even. They weren't even alive for, you know, the Montreal screw job twenty years ago. So it's like, you know, it's not even if, to, to a good chunk of the crowd. It's not even they can't even relate to it anymore. So no, it's time to you know, give I think it, it's time to give it up. Exactly. Yeah, the, in I my know, opinion. I know you were kind of mentioning it earlier, and I'm happy that WWE is trying to change the way us fans view the women's division nowadays, especially calling it before WrestleMania the Divas division, now the women's division. I feel like this whole screw job angle would fall perfectly into that Divas division that we had before WrestleMania 32. And I guess now with the women's division, I guess he continues the Charlotte Natalia storyline and we get, a, I think, a submission match now at Extreme Rules. I feel like they could have done something completely different to get us to the same destination in a few weeks. Yeah, and I agree. And, and going back to that finish, I have to say that it would have been different if, you know, Michaels or one of Michaels, you know, students that he trained would have wrestled instead because, but it was Ric Flair. Ric Flair had nothing to do with Survivor Series 97. And, I mean, as, you know, I have as much respect as I have for the guy. It wasn't the right angle, you know and what I mean? Charles Charles was, Robinson had nothing to do with the Survivor Series, or Survivor Series screw job as well. Well, 
I was going to bring that up too. I mean, the only thing that relates to that is the whole Charles Robinson little nature angle that you know. But that's just as old. No one can relate to that anymore either. Yeah, not, um, not that many people remember that Charles Robinson was because was called the little nature and had you know a storyline going with Ric Flair and WCW in the late nineties anyway. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere yeah. He there, even yeah. had his own robe and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, I, and I caught on to that when they did that. I was like, oh, of course, Charles Robinson was refereeing. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that till it actually happened. And then I noticed, and I was like, okay. But um, yeah, I, I, like I said, but besides all of that, it just, I think they need to give that angle a rest. Now it's, it's like I said, it's been done enough times another match that i can definitely tell well i guess off air notes but something that we a match that we both felt were, was kind of uh not as excited as we hoped for was was the match between dean ambrose and chris jericho yeah i mean it was a decent match but it, honestly i i felt like it would have been something that we would have seen on raw you know it didn't have it, it was like a raw match compared to a pay-per-view match. Right. I mean, like I kind of was explaining earlier about the differences, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of felt like um, there wasn't much there. I mean, they they both had, they, they had a decent match. It was, you know, a respectable match still, but there, it didn't, there wasn't anything, there wasn't any real high spots. You know, there wasn't anything that really said, oh, wow, you know, that's unique or that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I felt like... Jericho's match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania was better than his payback match with Dean Ambrose. Yes. Okay, then uh, kind of looking over the rest of the card, is there really any other matches you feel like should be discussed? Um, besides, like I said, a couple of them being a little gimmicky, especially, you know, like the main event and the, and the, and the women's match, um, I... It, overall, it was still a pretty solid pay-per-view. I really enjoyed it from top to bottom, even even with the whole Enzo uh, accident and everything else. Um, yeah, that that was obviously a fun part of the show. But uh, the, besides that, the whole pay-per-view was really solid, good. Uh, it was very entertaining. Um, I felt like it was the best pay-per-view they've had since uh, the 2016 Rumble, which was a very solid pay-per-view. Um, granted, there's only been a couple since then. Yeah. But, <laughs> And I don't. I totally agree with you on that. I feel like the Rumble was the probably the best pay per view of 2016. This would probably be a close second for me. Um, for me, I feel like this pay per view was more of a meh pay per view. I guess I I had a tough time getting back in the pay per view after the Enzo incident, but that's not the company's fault, though. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I mean. In the whole pay-per-view, we didn't know what was happening with him. And halfway through, I think they said they started moving his limbs or something. But um, yeah, I kind of I felt the same. It was very hard to, you know, you see that it's like, oh man, it's, that kind of ruins the whole mood. You yeah. Know? And kind of talk about things ruining or people's moods being changed. I we kind of talked about this off-air. I kind of did. I skimmed his. Facebook post or whatever, the whole situation with Ryback. He got sent home. I don't know if he got he asked to be sent home or Vince sent him home, but Ryback saw like we'd be done with WWE for a while. My impression is is that he 
was kind of more or less bummed out at the current pay scale because I think in the uh, Facebook uh, post that he put up about we all know wrestling's predetermined. We all know that winners and losers are determined backstage and all that jazz. Ryback is more or less wanting to be sent home because he's not that thrilled with the pay scale. That why should guys who and gals who are determined to win get paid more than guys who get determined to lose? Because if it wasn't for let's say like the AJ Styles to the Roman Reigns. Why should AJ Styles get paid less than Roman Reigns? Because AJ Styles was determined to put Roman Reigns over. I guess I want to get kind of get your thoughts on Ryback's, I guess, thought pattern on everybody should ways get paid evenly. Well, see, that's kind of a it's kind of a hard question because you know there's kind of a gray area because I, I feel like if you're in the main event. I mean, both main eventers, I mean, they're there together. They're building each other. They, you know, know, I feel like they should probably be on the same scales. But if, um, you know, as far as like openers, mid-carders, you know, you're all working together. And some people or some some of the talent, you know, they have their own personalities, their own charisma. I mean, some people can just, some people can just sell themselves more than others. I mean, look at The Rock and Stone Cold and Hogan and all these people. It just, you know, oozed out of them constantly. You know, Macho Man. You know, and then, I mean, and then you look at some of the others. I mean, not to say I don't like them or, you know, any disrespect towards them, but then you look at, you know, Al Snow and, <laughs> and I, yeah. you know, I love bringing up Al Snow because I'm such a Foley fan, but... Um, you know, you see the El Snows and the Takamichinokus throughout the years, and all these others are kind of, yeah, you know, uh, Morrison and you know, even even uh, uh, the Miz. I mean, he had his moment, and people, you know, they even put him in the main event of Mania, and people still couldn't take him seriously in that role. Exactly, you know, but you could always, you know. After we got used to the Rock and Stone Cold, I mean, they never came back down. They were always right there, you know, top of top of the game, and just they, they made the most money. I mean, and, and as far as Ryback's concerned, I mean, like I said, I think he's a great talent too, but he's because of his size and his look, he's always going to get the Goldberg chance. People are never going to. A hundred percent be behind him. They did give him his his main event push a few years back with the old CM Punk and Hell in a Cell, whatever. But um, you know, so he had his moments. But you know, we 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 bought into him for a little while, but he just couldn't keep his momentum. Maybe that's part on. Maybe that's fault on creative. Maybe it's fault on him. I don't really know. I'm not there. But you know, it's uh, it's it's probably both. But um. I, you know, it's it's just being it's it's talent being able to keep themselves fresh uh, for the fans and just keep reinventing themselves. And some can, some can't. And you know, and I feel like the ones that can, the ones that have the personality, they, the ones that sell the most, uh, yeah. they deserve the most pay because they're contributing, you know, the most money into the company. And, and well, like you said, you know, the Rocks, the Austins, look at. Undertaker, look at Chris Jericho, they, Hulk Hogan, I guess, in a sense. They all changed their characters over time. You know, 
I remember Jericho saying on a on an Undertaker home video that Undertaker is in ways professional wrestling's Madonna. He changes his character before before the fans wanted him to change his character. Before his character, one version of his character got too old. Undertaker changed it up. Oh yeah, and and every single time he did it, he did it perfectly. It was every single era of Undertaker. Um, I mean, some there's some people might argue with the whole uh, the whole uh, biker taker thing, but um, that was just him being him, and I, and so I can appreciate the, the biker taker too. So that that was more of him, you know, outside of the Undertaker character. So yeah, but I I agree with you that that talent should be responsible to a sense on reinventing themselves, and I I wish I would have read. Ryback's blog posts more and took more notes, but I do agree with you that, you know, a talent, let's say like AJ Styles and Roman Reigns for payback instance, since this is a payback review recap show, those two guys should be paid equally. You know, the you know main event guys should be paid the same. Take team title match should be paid the same. The intercontinental title guys should be paid the same and all that. And, you know, if, I guess if Ryback doesn't, believe that he's being paid just due he has to take up with Vince and making it public isn't that isn't very professional in my opinion right and you know and let's look at it on a different scale a smaller scale let's say um let's say you work in a grocery store does that mean that the store manager should be making the same amount of money as say a cashier or a stock person or something like that I mean obviously you know, there's more responsibilities. You know, when you got the pressure of main eventing, that whole pay per view or whatever, that, a good pre- a good portion of the people are watching it is rests on their shoulders. It's not about, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the undercard is, is is important too. But let's be honest. I mean, people want to know. You know, there's a reason why the main event is last because yeah. you know, you know, that's what people want to see and. Uh, that's what they put all the stuff right before it for, you know, to get the other stuff out there for for the other fans. So People really don't care as much, like you said, about the pre-show stopper in the ride back compared to they want to know more about, like you said, the what happened between AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> dare I say, you know, it's, you know, I guess maybe there's a reason why they've been main or uh, on the kickoff show the last two times defending the title. I mean, not to say that you know people aren't tuning in necessarily for Kalisto and Ryback's matches or whatever, but it's it's not AJ and Reigns. It's not you know there Shane are, and Undertaker. It's not you know what I mean. They're on the pre-show for a reason, right? And. How can people find you on social media? Are you on social media? I should ask. <laughs> Not really. I, I kind of, um, I do have a Facebook, just a little personal account. Um, but that's about it. Uh, I don't do too much social media, but I do like to read up on the old dirt sheets every now and again on the wrestling websites. But, uh, um, but no, I, uh, you can find me at, uh, Facebook, uh, dot com slash, uh, Bulldog, uh, X Bulldog X actually, um, and that's that should be me. 
And I definitely need to bring you on back on the doghouse more often to talk music because I feel like you'd give a different perspective on music than most people can. Yeah, I mean, and I have a little bit of background. We'll have to uh, cover that topic soon. That'll be uh, definitely a different uh, episode, a different doghouse, one may say. This is not about you, not about Stephanie, not about them. Tonight, tonight is about me. It's about what I want, not what you really want. It's about what I want. And here's what I want. Figuratively speaking, I want blood. I want blood. I want to see you both slit each other's throat. I want to see you both disembowel each other. That's what I want to see. Or there could be a collaborative effort of some kind that might be the best for all, might even be best for the family. I don't know. All I know is this is going to be entertaining because you both have equal say and you both are running Monday Night Raw. Go figure it out. Oh, my God. This Stephanie and Shane can't stand each other. How's this going to work? Stephanie and Shane... They've gotten along for years, guys. And now Mr. McMahon is putting them in charge of the highest-rated cable television show on Monday nights. This will produce utter chaos. Hosted up on NativeInStatus.com, this was the third edition of The Doghouse with me, the Dirty Dog Darcy, and The Doghouse Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed my look back, my pre, my review of WWE Payback 2016 that happened weekend prior. The tagline for this pay-per-view was the first pay-per-view of the new era. The tagline for, I guess, for this podcast would be the third podcast of a new era, I suppose. I don't know. Follow Jesse up on Facebook, facebook.com slash xbold.x, I believe he said. I haven't checked it. I believe him. If not, hit me up on Twitter at Dirty Dog MES. Again, that's at Dirty Dog MES. That's dog as in D A W G at Dirty Dog MES. I'll shoot you, shoot you his way. If you guys want to follow him on Facebook, uh, as you guys noticed, the Doghouse Podcast is hosted up on MadeEventStatus.com, up on our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com slash. Main event status radio that is the main podcast that's hosting this soundcloud.com slash main event status radio. That means we're on iTunes. I'll see if you guys listen to us on iTunes, you know how to do this. If you have friends that don't know how to subscribe to us, search out main event status radio, hit the subscribe button. If main event status radio ever comes back, you'll be uploaded here. Until then, you guys will be getting the Doghouse Podcast with me, the Dirty Dog Darcy. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I had a fun time catching up with my old friend Jesse, talking for 45 minutes. We talked off-air for a good hour or so before and after the show. 
It was a fun time. Jesse, thank you again for coming on. I greatly appreciate you taking about two hours out of your weekend to talk to me after you got done with work on a Saturday night, sizzling Saturday night here in Minnesota. Angel, my mom's cat in the back, you know, been keeping me company as my bodyguard during this podcast. I greatly appreciate it because I need a bodyguard while recording the doghouse. I need a cat to protect me to be my bodyguard. A cat as a dog's bodyguard. Imagine that. Anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. Let me know what you guys think about this podcast, other possible future topics for future shows. Let me know. I'll be releasing shows whenever I feel like it. Uh, Not going to set a set schedule because I want these shows to be fun for me and for you guys to listen to. So next podcast, I don't know. It might be for the review of the next pay-per-view, Extreme Rules 2016. I don't know. Might be a uh, another album review, John Mellencamp. I don't know. We'll see. But thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Hit me up you know, on iTunes, Minivent Status Radio there, on SoundCloud, on MiniventStatus.com. Twitter at Dirty Dog MES, dog as in D A W G. I already reviewed that multiple times, beating the dead horse. Thank you guys for listening. For now, I bid you guys adieu. Shame to cry, ooh baby. Here I am, signed to deliver. I'm yours, ooh yeah. I went and said goodbye, and now I'm back, and not ashamed to cry, ooh baby. Here I am, signed to deliver. I'm yours. Amazing. You should get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good. You know what a girl the other night told me about three in the morning? She said, because the party, as we say, will go all night long. <laughs>